This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to all of you enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. I'll be filling in for the next few days here. General Motors keeps dropping hints that it's getting back into the European market with electric cars. GM pretty much abandoned the EU when it sold Opel and Vauxhall to Stellantis, though it continues to sell a few Camaros, Corvettes, and Cadillacs in Europe. At the Milken Global Conference this week, which is sort of a Davos-like conference, CEO Mary Barra reiterated that GM does plan to get back into the European market with EVs and with cruise autonomous vehicles. Half a world away in China, GM is creating a new brand to sell upscale vehicles, and that makes us wonder if it would use that same brand in Europe. Speaking of Europe, the Wall Street Journal reports that there are 8,000 Cadillacs, Mercedes-Benzes, and Lexuses stuck in the port of Zeebrugge in Belgium. They were supposed to be shipped to Russia, but thanks to war sanctions, they cannot be shipped there. And now, no one's exactly sure who even owns the cars, which collectively are worth about half a billion dollars. This all, of course, is going to get resolved and they'll get shipped to other markets, but it couldn't come at a worse time for an industry that is super tight on inventory thanks to the chip shortage. Along those lines, Renault is reportedly going to sell its Russian automotive operations to the Russian government for one ruble. That's about one cent. And those operations are actually worth about $2.4 billion. But the deal supposedly allows Renault to buy it all back within five to six years. No doubt Renault is hoping that once the war in Ukraine is over and things simmer down, it can go back to doing business in Russia. But either way, Renault only has two options, worse and worser. You know, it sure is easy to tell that this is an election year in the United States. There's a bill in Congress getting strong bipartisan support that will protect car dealers from higher tax bills. Remember, Car dealers are enjoying the biggest profits they've ever seen because tight inventory sent car prices sky high. Most dealers are charging prices above MSRP, and they've doubled their profits. Many have even tripled them. Several of the congressmen supporting the bill own car dealerships or have family members who do. You know, it sure is good to see that politicians from both parties can leap into action and eliminate legislative gridlock whenever they want to, he said sarcastically. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Good news for General Motors and Ford. Their debt ratings were raised from stable to positive. GM was upgraded to a BBB minus rating and Ford got a BB plus. Fitch Ratings raised their ratings because it said both companies have improved their core operations and profitability. Even though you can find a number of YouTube videos saying GM and Ford will go out of business because they're getting crushed by their debt load, well, those analyses seem to ignore the fact that GM and Ford have large captive finance companies 
that borrow billions from institutional banks, then they market up to lend it to car dealers and to customers so they can buy cars. Last year, GM Finance made a net profit of $1.2 billion on its debt, while Ford Credit made a profit of $4.5 billion on all the money that it borrowed. We've got the latest sales results in China. Here's the list of the top 10 brands from March. Volkswagen topped the list with nearly 140,000 registrations, followed by Toyota. Honda and BYD are pretty much neck and neck in the third and fourth positions, respectively. And then there's a bit of a drop-off to Wuling, which registered nearly 83,000 vehicles. In sixth place is Tesla, and it was the only American brand on the list, as well as the only foreign brand to record a year-over-year -year growth in registrations. Chang'an is next with more than 54,000 registrations, and Nissan and Geely and Mercedes round out the top 10, with only a few thousand vehicles separating them. EV owners want to be able to do the same things that they do in their ICE cars. So Ford is giving Mach-E owners in Europe more capability. Towing capacity for extended range models in either rear or all-wheel drive have been increased to 1,000 kilograms. That's about 2,200 pounds. Charging time going to 80 to 90 percent is also down to only 15 minutes. That's a reduction of 37 minutes. The improvements will be made to all Mach-E's for Europe, so we expect that's going to be applied to the U.S. and other markets as well. Ford says existing owners can get the same benefits through software and homologation updates. We think the homologation update applies to hardware upgrades to get the increased towing capacity, but we've reached out to Ford for more clarification on all of this. And once we get that update, we'll let you know about it. At Schaeffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. Now we shift over to Canada, where Stellantis is going to invest nearly $3 billion to upgrade its assembly plants in Windsor and Brampton, as well as expand its R&D center. The investment will allow those plants to build electrified vehicles and at least one of them an all-new EV. The R&D center will be used to house Stellantis's first battery lab in North America. And speaking of Stellantis, it's putting its money where its mouth is when it comes to providing mobility services. Its mobility company, called Free to Move, just bought the mobility company ShareNow from BMW and Mercedes. ShareNow was actually a mashup of Daimler's Car2Go and BMW's DriveNow mobility operations. It operates in 14 European cities, has roughly 1.4 million customers, and 10,000 vehicles in its fleet. That all gets added to Free to Move, which operates in Europe as well as in the U.S. You know, every time you turn around, it seems someone's warning that there is not enough raw materials to make batteries for EVs. But the European Climate Group, Transport and Environment, says there's at least enough lithium and nickel to make up to 14 million EVs globally in 2023. 
The good news is that's more than enough to cover the 9 million sales of EVs that LMC Automotive is forecasting for then. But with increased mining in the U.S. and China, and with rising material costs and more vehicles hitting the market, transport and environment is calling on Europe to make sure it gets the raw materials it needs so it can quickly reduce its reliance on oil. Over in the United States, the Biden administration announced that a good chunk of its trillion-dollar infrastructure bill will go towards EV battery manufacturing in the U.S. It's providing $3 billion to upgrade and build new battery factories, as well as build recycling facilities for those batteries. The administration's goal is that half of all new vehicles sold by 2030 will be electric. But you know, all this talk about the transition to electric vehicles is fine and good, but are enough people really going to buy them? Market research from Escalant shows that about 40% of Americans don't believe in climate change. They think electric cars are stupid, and they think the government's trying to shove EVs down their throat. You can have your piston-powered cars when you peel their cold, dead fingers off them. So I ask again, are enough people going to buy EVs? That's the topic coming up this Thursday on AutoLine After Hours. So join me and Gary for some of the best insights into what's really going on in the automotive industry. And with that, we wrap up today's report. Thanks for watching. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion.